0: Ah, you obviously know Kung Fu! You're listening to the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast! I know Kung Fu!
1: Welcome to the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast! Adjust your speaker box, sit back, relax, and remember, your Kung Fu may be good, but mine is better! All right. A few days ago, a previous guest of mine, martial artist and actress Amy Johnston, shared an auction that she was involved with for a charity buzz known as the Life After Project. Joining me now is the founder of the Life After Project, Michael Strider. Michael, thank you so much for joining me on the Kung Fu Driving Podcast.
2: All right, thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure.
1: Good to have you. Listen, I'm going to do a, a quick nutshell take, but I want you to go into the detail more uh, as we go. But the Life After Project uh, is the umbrella term for a book and a very worthwhile cause that has touched several lives close to me uh, in that it brings awareness to the problem of suicide. You know, Sadly, some people out there uh, reach what they think is the end of their rope, and instead of feeling like they can reach out for someone to help them, they kind of withdraw and feel like they have no hope for whatever reason and decide that there's only one way out. So first, thank you for doing this. I think it's a great project. And uh, second, tell me a little bit about you and uh, then give me some info about your book
2: well I I've had a career as a rock photographer for a little more than 20 years and uh, throughout that time I've experienced a lot of ups and downs myself um, obviously with the people and the and in the, uh, the industry that I've worked in I've seen a lot of, uh, of, of problems with uh, you know mental problems that people have had with uh, depression and And uh, substance abuse is really huge, too. So uh, about five years ago, I was throwing around the idea that I wanted to do a book of my work. And at first, I was going to do a book of rock stars. Um, And then I thought, well, why don't I do something that would help others? So I came up with the idea of uh, the charity. Uh, I wanted to—I had had one of my best friends that had— had taken his own life, or you know, a few years earlier. And so I contacted D.D. Hirsch in Los Angeles. It's a suicide prevention uh, foundation, and they suggested that I contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. So I had a, a meeting with them. I also had a meeting with Robert Shapiro, who has a foundation called the Brent Shapiro Foundation. Uh, his son, Brent, OD'd. And uh, another one called the Hope Squad, who uh, they mentor uh, about substance not, uh, substance abuse and, uh, and suicide prevention in schools across the country to children. So those are the three that I kind of settled on. And in that time, I, you know, with, with two other people, uh, created our organization called the Life After Project. And the first thing that we're doing is a tabletop book of celebrities that are advocates for spreading awareness to uh, suicide prevention and substance abuse. Uh, The organization as a whole also does uh, awareness to domestic abuse, which is obviously in this day and age is very important. So that's kind of how I got here.
1: Uh, Just to, to backtrack a little bit, having been around rock and roll for so many years, Uh, You mentioned that you were exposed to it, but weren't you, I mean, really exposed to a lot of this kind of stuff, uh, you know, at least in the news or in talk amongst, you know, amongst these rock and roll photo subjects?
2: Yeah, I I definitely was. I always... The one thing that I didn't get uh, exposed to as much as I thought that I would have is uh, probably drug drug use. Really? Wow. Yeah, and you... I guess... You know, growing up and, and seeing things in the news and in the, in the magazines and stuff, you always, you, you kind of assume that all rock stars are on drugs. And it just wasn't the, it wasn't the case. But I did find that a very, very large portion of them had problems with depression. So that was something that kind of ran with, you know, with all of them. But there was drugs here. I mean, I, I had my experience with drugs you know, way back in the day also. So it's, uh, it just wasn't as prevalent as I thought it would be, you know.
1: It's always uh, interesting, always surprising that people that are at the level of fame of, that some of these guys have reached, uh, there's, there's still that vulnerability to something like depression that uh, it seems unfathomable to those of us who aren't, you know, aren't there among them.
2: Yeah, it does, and you... You would kind of think that someone on the level of—I uh, mean, just to just to use someone for an example, uh, one of the biggest actors in the world, like just like Brad Pitt, somebody like that. I mean, those people have more than the rest of us do, for the most part. They have, you know, they have a huge mansion on the, you know, in the Hollywood Hills or whatever. But I, I think the bigger their life is, the bigger their problems are. And a lot of times that, uh, that includes, uh, you know, problems with mental health and depression and isolation and stuff like that. I mean, I always say that these, you know, the hills out here, I'm I'm right outside of Hollywood. So the hills out here are just filled with uh, loneliness and depression and, I mean just all kinds of stuff like that. And and you see on television that you see these people and you think that they have the perfect life and you would love to to be them, but you don't you don't see what happens when the uh, when the cameras are turned off.
1: Right, right. And uh speaking about your personal interaction, it wasn't one of these stars uh committing suicide that got a rock photographer moving from photography to becoming an advocate for suicide prevention. He was one of your best friends.
2: Right. He was a, a guy that I had known for probably almost, I guess, maybe 20 years, I guess. Something like that. And when I... I was kind of on top of the world, and I remember the exact second that I got a call from my mom. I was having dinner with my girlfriend and some friends at the time, and uh, she told me that he had shot himself. And it just... You know, I didn't see it coming. It just knocked me completely off my feet. And um, that was, that's was that been several years ago. So that kind of started the whole thing. Um, I had, unfortunately, a couple months ago, I had another one of my best friends that just out of the blue um, took his life also. So it's, I mean, it's something that you, you know, you may not know something that's going on with with one of your best friends or your family or I mean you just never know look at people like chris cornell and uh, and Chester Bennington I mean I worked with both of those guys as a photographer and um, Chester obviously you could you can understand that one more but uh, Chris Cornell I would never have guessed and yeah, I, I really believe that the medicine he was taking at the time is is what pushed him over the edge. I don't, I just that one that one floored me, and um, you know Robin Williams was was really really difficult for me. I I think I cried for like three days after that happened with Rob, but um, I mean you just people are just dropping out like flies. I mean they really are. It's just incredible you know, and they think that they can't talk about it. So I think that's probably the most important thing is to talk to people. Once you get what my, what the first guy, um, that did this, uh, that affected me, um, at a certain point, he just dropped completely out of contact with everybody and wouldn't answer the phone, wouldn't come to the door. And, uh, yeah. you know, you get to a certain point like that and, and their, their mind is made up and, and
1: that's it, you know? And now, the subject matters in your book, they're celebrities, uh, well-known people, uh, in addition to normal everyday folks that are advocates for suicide prevention. How did you get these guys involved in that project?
2: Oh, God, has it ever been difficult? <laughs> yeah. Um, at first, I wanted to do a book and with every it's it's based up like like i said it's based on it's filled with celebrities that are advocates so my deal was being a photographer i was doing a photo shoot with every person and then they're going to write a story about how or why or why they're an advocate you know um you're it's gonna it's very very difficult to to get celebrities to to write a story about that first of all it's it makes them very vulnerable. It's um, it's just something that, that that not a lot of them or not a lot of people in general are willing to talk about. Um, they don't want to share that part of their lives. It kind of you know some people think that it shows a weakness. Um, so that's the first road that I went down, and then I eventually was like, okay, so let's take the story part of it out and have them do photo shoots, and we'll include you know, a, you know, the reasoning behind the book. Um, will be in the beginning of it. And then if they want to share a story, they can share a story. So it's been much easier since that point. Um, I will say that the people that are involved are the best of the best. They really are. They're, for all the people that are actually involved, uh, I would say for, for one person, there's at least 10 or 15 people that shot the idea down and, you know, either completely ignored it, they didn't want to do it, they, you know, for whatever reason. Uh, I mean, there's so, many, <laughs> there's so many things that there's a lot of brick walls that you hit. I mean, I think anytime you're dealing with people that are in the spotlight, for whatever reason i mean you you have those issues i'm sure that even you know being an agent in hollywood you you probably deal with the same thing even when there's money involved and uh, so the people that have actually stepped up like you know amy and tara and uh, you know frank shamrock and teach Mare, and people i mean there's there's a ton of people i mean those people are the best of the best they they care about the well-being of others that's the bottom line you know you have to care about the well-being of others to um, to spend your time and and do something like this you know because it's not a requirement obviously
1: when you say lack of response was, was there ever uh, an instance without naming names where you got kind of a negative response for, for even bringing the subject up
2: um, I haven't really gotten a negative response the, the, I would say the thing that's kind of been the most difficult are the ones that have said, you know, especially when they're in front of a camera, they're like, yeah, man, this is a great idea. Let's do this. And "Oh, I want to do it. And then afterwards you can't get in touch with them completely disappear, which means that in front of a camera, you know, they're all for it. But when the cameras are off and the reality sets in, you know, I mean, they don't, they don't, uh, they don't care about it. You know, um, but I haven't had anybody that's been like blatantly. I'm trying to think because I've been doing this for a while. Um, I have I have had situations where, you know, I've been basically stood up and we've had like an entire. There was a supermodel. And I won't name her name. I've shot several supermodels for this book, um, but there was one that. We did a photo shoot with. I have a team of people, and obviously, we, you know, our everybody's time is valuable, of course, and um, so we set aside two days to do a photo shoot with one particular supermodel, which could have been done in just a few hours in one day, but she insisted on it being two days. So we did the, we did the whole thing, and then she wouldn't communicate afterwards and pick her favorite photos and, you know, cause they want to have say so in which pictures go into the book. And that's a natural thing. That's understood, you know? Um, and after all that work and she just kind of dropped it and, and wouldn't communicate. And this girl had her brother committed suicide, her brother. So, you know, try as I may, I, I never understand why, Especially somebody somebody that's been affected so, you know, so closely like that. And they just completely, you know, ruined the whole experience.
1: On the flip side of that, for the people that did want to get involved, how appreciative were they to have been a part of it?
2: Everybody that's in the book has been incredibly appreciative of it. I mean, they really, really um, are dedicated and they you know, they are are in their mind, they're doing their part. And, you know, that's awesome. So everybody has really, really been very, very appreciative of it. And uh, very welcoming. And everybody, you know, everybody's uh, done an incredible job. I mean, I've got so many makeup artists and hairstylists and wardrobe stylists and supermodels that, that help with styling. I mean, it's everything. And everybody has just, they've all gone well above and beyond what they, you know, what they have to do. So, um, but thank God, because if they didn't, I'd never be able to do this. There's no way that I would be able to, to pay all of these people to do these photo shoots, you know, to work on the photo shoots all the time. Um, And just, it just wouldn't even be feasible. So they're all, you know, donating their time and, and their talents. And it's, it's been really amazing for, you know, as far as those people are concerned.
1: But how many people do you have in the book so far?
2: It'll be, I've got about, probably about 30, but I need, I'm, I'm shooting through the end of the year. So I probably, I'll need about mm, between 50 and 60. It's a very long process. How long has it been uh, so far? Well, this is what happened. I st- When I started this, I was in North Carolina, and I was flying back and forth. So that was a huge issue, very, very expensive to do that a, a couple times a year, a few times a year. And then when you get out here, um, people would have jobs that would come up, and they would have to reschedule. So I basically moved out here to to do it here in town, and I'm, you know, I'm I'm right here in town, so I don't have to worry about flying across the country. It's been, I would say, the last couple of years that I've been working on it, more steadily anyway. The idea came up years before that, but as far as working on it, you know, heavily, it's been the last couple of years.
1: And now to support the production of the book, you also have a charity auction
2: going on, is that right? Right, we do. We have, a lot of the celebrities that are involved have have donated, you know, several things. Like Cheech and Chong are doing a VIP experience. I have several bands that are doing experiences. Um, several actors and actresses that are that are having they're donating. Like they're going to have like lunch with a fan, you know, stuff like that. We have uh, Amy Johnston that's actually doing a martial arts lesson. She's got, I think, she's giving. She's giving people three choices between a you know a martial arts lesson or um, I think self defense. I mean, there's a few things that you can choose from with her, uh, which is really really incredible.
1: Yeah, and she's no joke. If you've watched her films, you know that she's the real deal.
2: Yeah, she is definitely the real deal. She is an incredible badass. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So we've got you know we we have lunch with like four supermodels. We have. A surfing lesson from two of the ex-presidents from the original Point Break. Um, you know, lunch with uh, Danielle Fishel and Jensen Karp. I mean, there's, there's a ton of stuff. There's a lot of my limited edition uh, rock star prints that, I've, that I'm auctioning. Um, a drum lesson from one of the most famous drummers in the world. His name is Kenny Aronoff. Lunch with a a zombie from The Walking Dead. I mean, just tons of cool stuff. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, I heard there's even a photo shoot with some hotshot rock photographer.
2: Uh, yeah, I don't know who this clown is. But... <laughs> <laughs> so, who is this idiot that people are talking about? <laughs> so,
1: I think they call him Strider, I'm not sure. But...
2: I think that's it. I was like, who is <laughs> Who's he? Who does he think he is? You know? but, <laughs> so we're doing... I'm going to do a photo shoot and... Uh, a supermodel. her name is Patricia Hartman she's incredible uh, she's doing like the styling for the shoot and so it's going to be a lot of fun really 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 uh, you know looking forward to doing it i did one a couple of years ago for for a big charity so we had a lot of fun with it too so
1: and uh, obviously amy johnson uh, a previous guest of mine here on the show uh, is is someone that uh, my audience is is uh, keen to keep up with. And you have a couple of other martial artists involved, right? Like uh, Tara Mackin, I believe, and Frank Shamrock.
2: Yes. Um, Frank is the first one that I worked with. I guess it was probably a few years ago. And um, I had never met him before. And he inter- I think somebody introduced me to him. I can't remember. Oh, um, a friend of mine is an actor. He's Costas Mandalore. Yeah, from the Saul movies. And he said, hey, you want to shoot Frank Shamrock? And I said, yeah, that'd be great. So Frank came down to the studio in Hollywood. And, you know, he was so cool and so nice the entire time. And he, you know, the guy is like, a, he's, he's like a, uh, a brick wall. I mean, he, uh, he still works out. He's still in great shape or whatever. So we joked around the whole time. And I said, uh, so Frank, what, what could you do to me? And he goes, Michael, come on now. <laughs> he said, that's, a, that's a very dangerous question. <laughs> he said, uh, I, I could kill you in less than six seconds. <laughs> <laughs> he said, But I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> You're perfectly safe. I'm like, Okay, well, that's great to know. But he, uh, yeah, he was such a cool guy. I mean, we just laughed the entire time. I mean, when we got done, I actually told him, I said, I cannot even, and I had never even seen him fight, and I said, I cannot even imagine you hurting somebody, and uh, holy crap! So I watched one of his videos afterwards, and I was like, Are you kidding me? This guy's like a monster. So, <laughs> <laughs> but he is still, he, he's still one of the coolest guys that I've gotten to to work with, and you know, Tara is is amazing uh i think i shot her the very same day i can't remember um but i haven't got to, to shoot amy yet we're supposed to be shooting i think sometime in august so looking forward to that one a lot of fun hopefully she won't kick the shit out of me or anything like that <laughs>
1: um, she definitely could but so so don't ask her to kill you
2: well, behind the scenes video you know that would be awesome. <laughs> Here's another photographer getting his ass kicked.
1: <laughs> so give me the details about the auction. How long is it running?
2: It's going to run through Thursday, August the 2nd. So this Thursday. And so you can go on. We've got, I think, 33, 33 items that are that are being auctioned. Or 33 experiences, whatever you want to call it. So you can go there and, you know, just bid on everything you want.
1: Yeah. The, uh, the website to go to is charitybuzz.com slash support slash life after project. Is that correct?
2: I think it is. Yeah. I will look right now, but I believe that is it. Um, yes, it is.
1: Okay, cool. Yeah. I will make sure that that link is in the show notes. So anybody who wants to get involved in that, go click on that link and check out some of the things that, uh, are being auctioned off, and uh, like Michael was saying, Amy Johnson is auctioning off a an opportunity to learn some martial arts, and she's uh, I believe that's it's martial arts for self defense, martial arts for screen fighting, and uh, and martial arts for just general ass kicking. Uh, so,
2: <laughs> martial arts for bullies.
1: <laughs> uh, and for more information about the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, uh, again to just bring it back to. Uh, the the core of what's created this whole project. Uh, it's a it's an advocacy for suicide prevention. So, where can my audience go for more information about that?
2: We have um, our site is uh, lifeafterproject.org, so you can go there. You can also we've got links to the to the the foundations that we support also, so you can go to the link section. Um, I'm gonna be putting up a story in the next few days of the guy that's uh, my friend that recently uh, took his own life. And let me say real quick, the book that we're doing is not about suicide. It's about, it's a, a book about happiness. It's, uh, you know, a book about life. It's not a book about suicide. So it's not something that's depressing or anything like that. Um, but I am, you know, I, I think it is very important to share stories about people that have done this. And he, he was, he was one of the nicest guys that I've ever known. He was the world champion power lifter for the Special Olympics. So he was—he had a little bit of a mental disability. Just a—he was just a little bit slower. He st- still functioned, um, just like most of most of us. He drove a car. He had a job. Um, he passed away, and I was—it blew me away. I mean, he's—he's he's on the East Coast, and I'm on the West Coast, and. When somebody told me that he did, I was—I assumed that it was a heart attack. And then I thought, for just a split second, I was like, "I wonder if he did this himself?" Because he, you know, he was either most of his life—I would say all of his life—he was either bullied or he was shunned. He, he you know, people just—if so, if someone has a disability, I think a lot of people just kind of have the uh, the automatic thing that they do is they just ignore them or whatever they don't want to become friends with them or anything like that he had a problem with that his entire life and as soon as i thought about it i was like nah, he wouldn't he really wouldn't understand how to do it uh unless he had a gun but he, he just wouldn't understand how to do it and then I, we found out later that he had been on a chat room and someone had told him how to do it and he uh unfortunately he drank poison and, uh, it was, I mean, it was obviously horrific and that's, that's what happened. And he, you know, he ended it and that was it. So, oh, but that's, that's incredibly sad. Yes, it is. But it, as a whole, we're not, we're not dwelling on things that are sad. I mean, that's not, I don't think that's the answer to anything. So, you know, we're trying to just get people to Talk to each other and just be nice to each other, you
1: know? Right. And uh, the name of the project, The Life After Project, is meant to uh, draw that focus to the idea that there is life after any problem that uh, you may feel should be the end of it.
2: Right, right. It The uh, the idea for the whole thing came from two different people. The name of the book is The Life After Project. and uh, The subtitle is Visions of Hope life after project in general came the idea came from an old english professor of mine and the visions of hope Park came from robert plant from led zeppelin and so that's that's the you know that's the title that we went with man it took forever to come up with a title for this it was it was just incredible we we tried for months and months to come up with a title for it and uh and then we had it. It was from. I you mean, know, that's, that's what we came up with. It's a great title.
1: Well, thank you. I was
2: going to ask you how you got your title for uh, the
1: podcast. <laughs> Mine is uh, is not nearly as deep. I just happened to be a kung fu film fan growing up, and uh, Saturday afternoon drive-in theater was one of the big uh, moments for uh, for me as a kid in the seventies and eighties. So it, when when time came to uh, to do the podcast, there wasn't really any other option for me. <laughs>
2: So that's pretty, so. You, did you used to watch Kung Fu Theater back in
1: the day? I sure did. I am. Uh, I'm. Uh, I'm 46. So the 70s and the 80s, the the whole Kung Fu era was important for me uh, as a kid growing up. So uh, you know the heroes of the day were Bruce Lee and Jackie Chan and T Long and David Chang and things like that. So um, it rock music didn't come into the picture until uh, a little while later in high school. Uh, but so up until then it was Kung Fu heroes.
2: Well, see, I, I had the same thing. I'm I'm turning 48 on Thursday. As a matter of fact, the day the auction ends. Oh
1: well, happy uh, birthday in advance. <laughs> oh,
2: Thank you, thank you. Um, no, I mean 28. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, right, 28. That's what I heard. 28. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I I grew up watching the same the same thing, and I God, I used to love watching that on Saturdays, and <laughs> it was so amazing. We would watch. Scooby Doo on Saturday morning, and like Mid Atlantic Wrestling at at like noon, and then in the evenings, Kung Fu Theater. I mean, what hell? What else was there? You know,
1: <laughs> we had Slim
2: Pickens on TV at, when we were kids. Oh, we only had like four channels, right? <laughs> Can you imagine today? And it's like, how the, how the hell did we ever? And we didn't have cell. I mean, we didn't have cell phones. I mean, I literally remember. A friend of mine in 1988, I think, saying, you know, now that we have these, you know, we had IBM computers, which was, oh, my God, you know, <laughs> and he said, you know what? Wouldn't it be awesome if we could kind of create like a shopping mall on a computer? And I was like, why don't you shut up? That's <laughs> <laughs> And look at us now. Was that um, guy Jeff Bezos? Because
1: uh, he kind of left you in the dust.
2: I know. It, 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 it makes you. It's like, dude, maybe he was the first one to come up with that. You know, he didn't. Obviously, he didn't create it, but <laughs> I remember him saying that. I also <laughs> remember somebody saying uh, wow. they, the Next thing you know, they're gonna they're gonna put water in a bottle and sell it. And I was like, <laughs> dude, shut up! They're gonna, gonna how <laughs> the gonna make Money on water in a bottle—that's pretty stupid. And look at, you know, look what we've got. I mean, it's it's really incredible.
1: <laughs> a billion-dollar industry when I spent my youth drinking water straight from a hose. Yeah, we
2: used to do that, and nobody ever got sick. You know? <laughs> can, you, can you believe that? It's crazy. <laughs> it's um, it's somebody told me the other day. It's, it's it was the perfect thing. He said, "You know, Mikey." It's not our world anymore.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, going from rock photography, uh, do you have any kind of horror stories about uh, being in that whole
2: world? Oh my god, dude! Are you serious? Um, I have. <laughs> I mean, I've got cerebral. I did. Let's see. Over the twenty years, I've been physically beaten. I've. I w- I'll tell you what happened, basically. With Rob Zombie, I was I was doing photos of Rob Zombie in uh, Virginia, in Virginia Beach, and I was doing photos of him, and then John Five, his guitar player, and his wife happens to be on stage. She's a burlesque dancer, and at his shows, so I'm I'm shooting his wife. All of a sudden, I get kicked in the back of the head three times. And the next thing I knew I was, you know, I'm on the floor face first. And so I'm kind of stunned. I'm like, what the fuck? And I jumped up. And you know, this guy's only like four foot tall. Uh-huh. And so my first reaction was, Well, I'm going on I'm going on that stage Wha- to get wait, wait. Hold up, Rob Zombie was kicking you in the head? Yes, Rob Zombie. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and so I jumped up and when I jumped up, he ran to the back of the stage. But it's really, it's really, it was really crazy. So I, I got my stuff, I got my camera packed up, and I went outside for a second to get some air. And I was like, should I have this fucking guy arrested? Uh, nah, he may blackball me. So I decided not to say anything, which was a huge, huge mistake. That was stupid on my part. Um, but instead, I actually left, and I, it was about a five-hour drive home, and I'll never forget it. I called about 20 of my friends, and I told them what had just happened, and every single person said, man, that's fucking cool. And I'm did you hear what I said? What? You kicked out of me. What are you talking about? And every single person said the, the very same thing. It was... um but it was, I mean, you know, it was all for rock and roll, and I kind of, at, at the time, I kind of told myself, you know, it just comes, it comes with it. That's part of it, you know. I I don't know that that's any part
1: that I, <laughs> that I want to be a part of.
2: When you look when you look at it, and I, I look back on it, I, I mean, I should have, I should have had the guy arrested. I really should have. But Monday morning after the show, you know, he was very apologetic and his his. his uh, everybody was very, very apologetic. So
1: I read a, a story that uh, you wrote uh, where you also worked for the likes of Ted Nugent and uh, and Kiss. Yes. How um, how was that?
2: Um, Ted Nugent. I I really, you know, I had a lot of respect for him. Um, he's very outspoken, which I don't agree with everything he says, obviously, which I don't think anybody does. Um, he was a great guy. He taught me a lot. Uh, he, I think he taught me more about standing up for, for myself, basically. When I believe in something, um, I'll never forget. Do you remember those back phones that we used to have way back before we had cell phones? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we we were in the van. We were driving. I was driving, and he was in the passenger seat, and there was a, another guy in the back. And we were—I think we were going between shows or something like that somewhere in in uh, North Carolina or. Uh, the east coast somewhere and he's on the phone and I'm he's just getting louder and louder and louder and I'm like oh my god who's he talking to and all of a sudden he just yelled out and he goes well, I don't give a fuck who your daddy is if you don't do this you don't have a fucking job and he slams down and I'm like who the who was that and he goes "That's my son Toby <laughs> <laughs> what a great story i was like
1: that's insane head are you serious he's like well, hell yeah i'm serious what do you think <laughs> like,
2: wait, wait oh wait. god thank god I'm that,
1: that's a real story he actually said that
2: <laughs> yes he did I was, and that was that was more than 20 years i was 22 so it was more than 20 years ago um but i mean he was so intense he I'll never forget. He got upset with me one time for something that I remember that was not my fault directly, yeah, but I was the one there to have to take the to take the brunt of it. And he, he was he was so intense that it, it took me two weeks to get over it. It was so bad. Yeah,
1: I'll he, say honestly, I'm legit scared of that guy. Well, I mean,
2: he's um, dude, he's intense. That's all I can say. <laughs> I mean, I, I got tired of like. I mean, we would get death threats, you know, death threats from working with him and you know the animal rights people. Mm-hmm. I just kind of got tired of of the death threats, and, and you know, the reality is is that the um, the rock star part was cool in the beginning, but after I had become you know friends with him, I was like, well, fuck this, this isn't cool anymore. So, <laughs> and you know, you're getting threatened, and I was like, okay, I'm done. So, you know, and I just. <laughs> basically pulled out of it but you said um you were asking about kiss or yes. Van Halen. i mean i i work for kiss exclusively um i was on the road with them for their last you know their last series uh, their last few concerts as an original band oh, so i was cool. yeah i was on stage with them and um I, I Rock was Rock
1: re- City was one of my uh, was one of my jams back way back in the day.
2: Yeah, those I love those guys because you said you're from Jersey and I I used to live in Jersey, so I would go see them at the you know at the old Spectrum or the um, or the Meadowlands or Madison. Meadowlands,
1: Square. yeah, yep, yep,
2: stuff. And um, so I loved shooting them and working with them, you know, on stage, off stage, eh, not so much, but really. Uh, yeah i mean and they weren't really disrespectful to me but i would see the way that that gene kind of treats a lot of people especially men he's not very respectful to men whatsoever if you're a beautiful girl then he's going to be nice to you obviously oh wow Uh, i guess a couple of months ago a friend of mine and i were driving through like franklin canyon and the road winds around the, the, the cliff area and stuff. And about 150 feet up in, ahead of us, I could see this guy walking towards us. He was, he was covered up. He was wearing all black, uh, black hat, black dark glasses. And I looked at my buddy and I said, man, that, that looks like gene. And we got <laughs> up to him and it. It was gene. I was like, Oh my God, you gotta be kidding me. And he, um, he looked like he needed a walker or something. I mean, oh. he was he was in he looked like he was in bad shape. And I oh. for a second I was like, "Do you, you think he's lost or something?" I don't think he's dementia or anything, but he old. <laughs> that was um that was kind of funny and scary all at the same time. Um David Lee Roth once poured um jack daniels on my cameras while i was while i was shooting completely ruined the camera the lens no way. yeah it was
1: oh god that was horrible it was just a spur of the moment thing you just decided to pour jack daniels on your camera
2: yes and i've got i've got pictures of him throughout the whole thing he's standing there and we're kind of communicating while he's you know, in between songs, and he's smiling at me, and he's got this, you know, this shit-eating grin that he used to, you know that he that he's got. Yeah, he's drinking Jack Daniels, and all of a sudden, he just turned that whole thing up right on top of my camera. And
1: uh, did so, he, did he think he was being funny or something?
2: Yeah, he. I, he it was a, to him, it was a joke. Oh man. Yeah. So uh, and no, he didn't. He didn't pay for the camera or anything like that. Either I ended up having to eat all of that.
1: Oh man. <laughs> Can you imagine that? <laughs> what a lifestyle you were involved in.
2: Yeah, it's been. I mean, it's been great for the most part, but there. I you know there are the dicks. It's, it's just part of it, you know.
1: Well, thankfully, you got none of those guys involved in the project.
2: <laughs> well, you know what? I would actually like to have some of them involved with it if they would do it, but it's, <laughs> the chances of a lot of those guys doing something for other people and not for themselves is incredibly small um, you know their egos are out of this world so not much of a chance of it although i would love it <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah a, a, a small chance at redemption there if they ever took you up on that
2: yes that would be cool that would that's uh, i think that's not too much to ask and i live I mean I live close to Dave. He lives in Pasadena. So if he's listening to this, if you're listening, David, you uh if you want to do this photo shoot, I'll forgive you for fucking up my camera. (laughs) All right, so for any of my
1: listeners out there, if you know David Lee Roth or you know how to get in touch with him, get this recording into his hands so that he can go pay for this camera.
2: And you know the crazy thing is I know his sister, so oh, wow. I have a direct link to him, but, <laughs> but I, you know, it'll never happen.
1: All right, yeah. I was just going to say, maybe don't hold your breath on that, but...
2: No, I'm not going to hold it, but <laughs> I'm make things right, David. Go ahead and uh, get in touch with me and we'll make it happen. <laughs> Very cool. It's a completely different universe, which is good in a lot of ways, I guess yes yes yes
1: uh, hopefully we leave it better than when we, you know in a better situation than when we got here I think we will <laughs> well you're do- you're definitely doing your part uh, with with the life after project that's a great project a very worthwhile cause uh, you're getting some great people involved in it uh, and I, I w- again thank you for bringing awareness to the whole cause and best of luck with the book and uh, I hope the auction uh, continues to go gangbusters for you
2: well, thank you very, very, very much.
1: Um, yeah, and I will definitely do my part to hopefully my audience, uh, especially all of my Amy Johnson fans uh, and Tara Mackin fans and Frank Shamrock fans, get out there, take a look at the site. It's charitybuzz.com slash support slash lifeafterproject. Again, that link will be in the show notes. So go in there and uh, get some bids going to uh, to get uh, some martial arts training from Amy. Uh, the book, is there, uh, is there a projected date for the book?
2: We're shooting for having a, you know, principal photography wrapped by the end of the year. So as soon as we do that, we have, uh, we'll have, you know, it'll go into production, the book will go into production. Um, and I think it takes probably a couple months for it to actually be, you know, be printed. I mean, it's, I never knew really what's involved in the making of a book, you know, and uh, all the details and. It's. I've learned a lot from it. It's really. Incredible. <laughs> We're trying to. I'm. I'm shooting for the end of the year to hopefully get everything wrapped with it. Cool.
1: Cool. And uh, again, uh, and it's an important point to make. Uh, suicide obviously is not uh, a light subject matter by any stretch, but the life after project is not uh, about the suicide so much as it is the fact that there is life where you may not think that there is any hope. And uh, you should be reaching for that whenever you have the opportunity.
2: Right. Right. Correct. Most definitely.
1: Very cool, Michael Strider. Thank you so much for taking some time to talk with us. Uh, it's a little bit of a departure from the uh, from the kung fu that I usually talk about, but a very important, a very important subject nonetheless. Uh, Michael, uh, do you have any other links that you want to share uh, for work that you're doing or for anything involved with the Life After Project? Um. I think
2: right now we've just got the you know we' just got the website. i'm I'm on social media under Michael Strider. Um, and we have a fan page for the Life after project also. So you can get us through all those. We also have obviously we have Instagram and Twitter. So you've got uh, you know you can find us on all of those things.
1: Excellent. Excellent. And I'll put those links in the show notes as well. Again, Michael, thank you so much for taking some time out. And again, best of luck. I hope uh, everything goes well. And I hope these projects come to life
2: very soon for you guys. Thank you very, very much. I really appreciate your help with it. Okay.
0: to the tea house, ready for some action Drinking a little wine and getting drunk and then we're fighting ha This time it's warm We smash the place up with our dragon claws We're walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drinking a little wine and getting drunk and then we're fighting ha this time it's war We we'll smash the place up With a dragon claw I see the iron fisted bump from the daily prayers Shouting monks on their hands Running down the thousand stairs The fatal e-car Now's in King News hands With the fearless idea, they're Over the lands Yet yeah, the little big soldier Is older and wiser He wants a world of peace Because he doesn't want to fight Got the venom mob Laying down the law Bruce Lee delivered kicks Guaranteed to great jars fight for the cars pass here, the applause Not a yen back kicks will defeat the outlaws Very good But more don't hit back. Yeah, the death jewel's here. Derrick he's coming back. The Tai Chi master. Jetley's even faster. Could try the had a little trick because he is the drunken master. Once upon a time in China. Rose and is real fine, but see magic on his spine up. Golden Swallow has arrived. Shan Chi movies will the hero will survive. We've got the brave archer make his way to the top of the mountain. Gonna fight, may as well pick the spot. Yeah, the sky goes black on the vampire's back. We've got Lam ching Ying to kill them all to so stand back. He plays the black magic on the soul of the sword. And our sword will travel until his body's on floors Yeah, Wing Chun showled in a mantis style Yeah, defeat the enemy and watch him run for miles Blood will spill now on the mountain tops When we bring back the soul of the legendary Pops walking to the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and we're fighting This time it's warm We smash the place up with our dragon claws We walk into the tea house, ready for some action Drink a little wine, we're getting drunk and then we're fighting Hap! This time it's war We we'll smash the place up With a dragon claw See it's a game of death Yo You're facing the big boss It's once upon a time In China Counting the TikTok The Shogun assassin Slashing blood just did drop The head kick Neck drop. Balance the won't stop Wanna kill Bill Better get the assassins He's got Emma just in yellow But she is in the dragon But in the tea rooms That's where it'll happen She got the parties On the floor when the blood will splatter Against the walls Don't fear at all she kill them all There's always blood spilled When you head into a war Fearless Unlocked the fist of legend at the car, Jet League. I'm Bolo Young, yo, I'll always be a beast. You rumble in the Bronx, yo, I'm rumbling the streets. in a simple, see the facts are these. There's only ever gonna be one, Bruce Lee. Welcome to the tea house, ready for some action. Drinking little wine and getting drunk and then we're fighting. Ha! This time it's warm. To smash the place up with a dragon claw. But welcome to the tea house, ready for some action. Drink a